The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss Zagreus, the son of Zeus. He was destined to become the next king of the cosmos, eventually replacing his father. This evidenced by Zeus seating Zagreus on his throne and arming him with lightning, the most powerful weapon in all of Greek mythology. Zeus having laid low countless foes with the searing destruction of his smoking bolts. Zagreus is not a prominent figure in mainstream Greek mythology, and his existence is predominantly associated with Orphism, a religious movement that provided an alternative belief system in ancient Greece. While some aspects of Zagreus' story occasionally overlap with traditional Greek myths, his importance is almost entirely exclusive to Orphic beliefs and texts. First, we are going to get into what Orphism is, when it started, why Orpheus is the primary prophet, and what the core beliefs are. Second, we are going to explore the story of Zagreus, his birth, the lofty aspirations his father had for him, and his horrific death. And finally, we're going to wrap up the video with the birth of Dionysus, the god Zagreus became after his heart was saved and used to impregnate a mortal woman. Alright, let's get into it. Orphism is a religious movement and belief system that emerged in ancient Greece around the 6th century BC, offering its followers hope for salvation and the prospect of an afterlife that was more paradisiacal than the gloom of Hades' realm. It is named after the mythical musician and poet Orpheus, who is said to have ventured into the underworld and returned to the mortal plane, thus piercing the veil and coming back changed, now endowed with profound knowledge about the spiritual essence of humans and the path to salvation. The Orphic teachings, which are preserved in fragments, and referenced by ancient authors such as Plato, provide a unique perspective on the nature of the human soul and its relationship within the divine, emphasizing the need for inner transformation and purification in order to achieve spiritual liberation. Orpheus, a paragon of poetic prowess and musical mastery, became the primary prophet of Orphism, in large part because of his love for Eurydice, a beautiful nymph, they fell deeply in love and were married, but their happiness was short-lived. Eurydice was bitten by a snake and died, leaving Orpheus heartbroken. Refusing to accept her death, he decided to descend into the underworld to bring her back to life. With his lyre, Orpheus charmed Hades, the god of the underworld, and his wife Persephone with his enchanting music. Moved by his sorrow and his music, they agreed to release Eurydice on one condition. Orpheus couldn't look back at her as they ascended to the land of the living. If he did, Eurydice would be lost to him forever. As they journeyed back, Orpheus, filled with anxiety and doubt, could not hear Eurydice's footsteps behind him. Just before they reached the surface, he could no longer resist the urge to look back, only to catch a glimpse of Eurydice before she vanished, this time for eternity. Orpheus was left to wander the earth playing his mournful music, until he met his own tragic end. 
Orpheus's descent into the underworld and his quest to bring Eurydice back established him as the prophet of Orphism. His journey was seen as an initiation into the divine mysteries, granting him profound knowledge about life, death, and what came after the plunge of the great unknown was taken. As a result, the followers of Orphism believed that Orpheus was uniquely qualified to share this knowledge, offering guidance on how to achieve spiritual transcendence and escape the cycle of reincarnation. At the core of Orphism is the belief that humans possess a divine spark, inherited from the god Zagreus, who is devoured by the Titans. This divine essence is trapped within a titanic or evil bodily form, accounting for the inherent duality of humanity. The Orphic teachings emphasize the need to free the immortal soul from the constraints of the physical body, which they consider to be a tomb. They advocate for a life of ascetic purity, marked by abstention from animal products, sexual intercourse, and certain foods like beans, this last for unknown reasons. In addition to promoting a lifestyle of purity and self-discipline, Orphism introduces the concept of metempsychosis, or the reincarnation of the soul. This belief holds that the souls of the deceased do not remain in the underworld permanently, but are instead reborn in different bodies on earth. The cycle of rebirth can only be broken through a rigorous process of purification and the acquisition of knowledge. Once the soul is liberated from its bodily prison, breaking the cycle, it can ascend to a higher plane of existence, joining the divine. Zagreus, sometimes referred to as the firstborn Dionysus, was the son of Zeus and of Persephone, Zeus's daughter, the wife of Hades, and the queen of the underworld. Zeus assumed the form of a serpent and in this guise seduced her. Of all the gods in Greek mythology, Zagreus was unique in that he was Zeus's heir. Zagreus wasn't just a god and wasn't just a son of Zeus. He was the heir apparent, being groomed by the king of the gods to one day rule the cosmos. This evidenced by Zeus seating Zagreus on his throne and arming him with lightning bolts, young boy though he was. As almost always happened, Hera learnt of her husband's extramarital escapades, and his infidelity infuriated her. This dynamic, Zeus pursuing other lovers and siring children by them inciting Hera to vengeance, is most famously instantiated by Heracles, who is the son of Zeus and Alcmene. He was perpetually persecuted by the goddess, first having a pair of snakes sent to strangle him in his crib, then being driven mad so that, in this crazed state, he murdered his wife and children. In the case of Zagreus, Hera made the Titans the instrument of her retribution. She convinced them to sneak into Olympus and kill Zagreus. They made a furtive incursion, managing to avoid notice on the way in. Still, in order to get close to Zagreus, they had to distract and disarm him, because despite his age, he still wielded lightning, the most powerful weapon in Greek mythology. The Titans cunningly disguised themselves with white chalk, concealing their true identities as they approached their unsuspecting quarry. Engrossed in innocent play, Zagreus was captivated by an array of toys, which Nonus, a Greek poet, describes in his Dionysiaca as including a mirror, knuckle bones, a spinning top, and a ball. By exploiting the allure of these objects, the Titans managed to keep Zagreus oblivious to their murderous intentions, 
drawing ever closer. The Titans capitalized on their opportunity to strike. They attacked the unsuspecting god, brutally dismembering him. Following this gruesome act, the Titans gathered the remains and prepared them as one would a beast after a successful hunt. They boiled them, and then they skewered them on spits and roasted them over a fire. In one version of the myth, the aroma of the roasting meat from Zagreus's dismembered corpse, which the Titans had cooked and begun to feast on, reached Zeus and alerted him to the Titans' gruesome gorging. In another account, the goddess Athena became aware of the Titans' heinous attack and informed Zeus of their actions. Regardless of the version, Zeus was enraged by what had transpired, and in his mind, only blood could pay for blood. He unleashed an onslaught of lightning, a display akin to all the sky's fury converging on a single point. A great conflagration ensued, and the Titans were utterly incinerated. Their number, once so mighty, reduced to naught but ash. Zeus then created humanity from these ashes, and because Zagreus's corpse was incinerated as well, humanity inherited the divine essence of Zagreus, imbuing them with the potential for spiritual growth and enlightenment. At the same time, they also inherited the wickedness of the Titans, the source of humanity's darker aspects. Basically, the Immaculate Soul was imprisoned within the confines of sinful flesh. This intrinsic dual nature of humanity forms the basis of the Orphic teachings, which emphasize the importance of recognizing and transcending the fetters of the flesh to achieve spiritual liberation. Here's a passage from classical myth that explains this further. As the story goes on to say, Zeus created human beings from the ashes of the blasted titans. For this reason, human nature has an evil, titanic aspect, obvious to all. Because, however, the flesh of Zagreus, whom the titans devoured, was mingled with the titans' ashes, human beings also contain a divine spark encased in a gross titanic body. Outside we are titanic, but within we are divine. The goal of human striving should therefore be to free the immortal soul from its bodily prison, a view succinctly expressed in the Orphic slogan, the body is a tomb. Amid the chaos, Athena managed to salvage Zagreus's heart, which was still intact, and she brought it to Zeus. In one version, Zeus uses the heart to create a potion that he gives to Semele to imbibe. She then conceives Dionysus. In another account, after receiving the heart from Athena, Zeus consumes it, absorbing Zagreus's essence. He later impregnates Semele, who gives birth to Dionysus, considered a reincarnation of Zagreus who manifested from the divine essence of his previous form. We are now going to wrap the video up with Zeus's romance with Semele, another offense in a litany of adulterous offenses, and one where Hera yet again finds out what happened and exacts her revenge. Zeus was drawn to the beauty of Semele, the daughter of Cadmus, who was the founder of Thebes. Their passionate affair led to Semele's pregnancy, which, unfortunately for her, did not go unnoticed by Hera. Determined to punish Semele for her involvement with her husband, Hera devised a cunning plan. Disguised as an old woman, Hera befriended Semele and sowed seeds of doubt in her mind about the true identity of her lover. Semele, now uncertain if the man she had gone to bed with was indeed the mighty Zeus, 
asked him to reveal his true divine form as proof of his identity. Zeus, bound by a promise he had made to grant Semele anything she asked for, reluctantly agreed, despite knowing that the sight of his divine glory was a death sentence for mortals. When Zeus revealed his true form, Semele instantly caught fire and was burnt to a crisp. Echoing what happened earlier with Zagreus, his heart saved by Athena from the Titan's gruesome feast, Zeus managed to save Dionysus' fetus, sewing it into the meat of his own thigh, which became the surrogate womb where the fetus continued to gestate. Eventually, Dionysus was born, which, from the Orphic perspective, was like the second coming of Zagreus. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.